Rookies plus Bonte Hill. Warriors pre-half and post on the television side gives us an update on where that team is at heading into Wednesday night's clash here at Vivian. Jazz versus the defending champions. Have they ride the ship? That's why I asked Bonte. This is Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. I'm J.P. Chunga on the Utah Jazz Podcast Network, presented by First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz, and MLS number 3112, Equal Housing Lender. Walker Kessler, without a doubt, has been a top 10 rookie this season. Through the quarter mark. Am I saying when you do rookie of the year, he deserves to be in contention? Put him on the ballot? Give him a fifth place vote? Have that same discussion that we have in the MVP race where we're saying, ooh, Devin Booker should be your third spot in your MVP ballot. Or Jason Tatum should be top two. What I'm saying about Walker Kessler is compared to his contemporaries, the bigs that were drafted in 2022, he is outshining all of them. And he's doing it for a winning team. And he's doing it through winning basketball. His contemporaries, in my mind. Because Walker was drafted 22. And the bigs ahead of him that everybody had a consensus were better prospects. Were Mark Williams out of Duke. He was drafted 15. And Jalen Duran, number 13, drafted out of Detroit. Those bigs, when it comes to rim running, rebounds, blocks, the big things, modern-ish, can stick on the floor, can stay in a playoff series. Those were the three. And then when you add to that group, I'm putting in Auburn's Jabari Smith just because it's fun to put his teammate out there. Everybody thought he would be the number one pick. He didn't end up being that. He's a good measuring stick. Very familiar with him in Auburn. Smith is 14 points per game, 8 rebounds, 1.2 blocks. And I don't think that they're necessarily like-for-like But it's a fun comparison point because he's a top three pick. It's kind of fascinating. See where his career's going. He's on a team that doesn't believe in winning right now. They're too young. He's getting a lot of experience. But he's making mistakes. He's jacking up bad shots. And he started so poorly shooting. It's almost unfair to compare him to Walker. They don't play similar roles. And then Christian Coloco, seven-footer for Toronto. He's getting similar minutes in a similar role. But his numbers aren't as good as Walker's, even if they're similar, in terms of minutes played. So the main bigs who were drafted last season are Duran, Williams, and Kessler. And so far, if you're comparing those three, Kessler's at the top of the heap. I mean, we've already discussed how he he leads the league in PER for rookies. And those advanced stats, yes, they are tilted toward the big, that gets the rebounds, that gets the blocks. But no matter that, take his per 36 numbers. As if he's playing in a rotation where he's getting 36 minutes, this is the projection of what he's playing to. And Walker, his per 36, 13 points, 12 rebounds, 3.9 blocks. That's a pretty good player. Jalen Duran, 10 points per game, 11 rebounds, 1.5 blocks. Mark Williams can't use his per 36 because he's not playing in the league. He's in the G League. He still needs time to develop. He's still on the curve of what normal bigs are on. It takes time to get to the league. That's why it's extra impressive what Walker Kessler's doing. His learning curve, he's already having those defensive instincts to get blocks, to alter shots, to deter shots. 
that's super impressive. And that Friday game against the Pacers was his coup de grace. 2011, two blocks, he did it all. They played that zone, they showed it, and even in a choppy, foul-laden game, which has happened over the last two games, I don't really want to talk about the officials, but we're calling a lot of fouls. It's getting a little out of control. But even in the choppiness, even in the lack of rhythm, Walker Kessler hung around the rim, got those tip-ins, offensive rebounds. He had four Friday. And as the Jazz are struggling for buckets, getting offensive boards, keeps you out on the floor. His game will open up when he adds more offensively. And offensively means not adding a post move, not giving him the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar sky hook, but it means contributing by setting screens, playing more pick and roll, being that dive option, that lob threat, and adding to the offense that way. Because he doesn't need to be a number one option. He needs to be Walker Kessler. He needs to be a force on the defensive end and not a problem on the offensive. Is he Ben Matherin? Is he Jaden Ivey? Is he Paolo? No, he is not. He's not in comparison with those. If you're making rookie of the year bets, don't put it on Walker Kessler. But as far as a rookie and being a top big this season for his draft class, Walker Kessler absolutely is in that group. I was surprised by how impactful he's been so far. But having watched him, I wouldn't be shocked if he's on the all-rookie teams come end of year. Five stars, nice reviews. That's all I ask of you. Let others know that you're listening to the podcast. Bonte Hill, Warriors, pre, half, and post on the television side. And he has a radio show called The Morning Roast. What's going on in the Bay? How is Golden State adjusting to the title defense? What's going on with their road record? They only have two wins away from Chase Center. Some good convo about the dubs with Bonte Hill. Please enjoy him on Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. When it comes time to move, it's always a hassle. Loading everything in the truck, hoping the priceless antique from your mother doesn't break, and trying to juggle the kids and dog in the middle of it all is enough to drive anyone crazy. But it doesn't have to be that way. The friendly, background-checked movers at Bailey's Moving and Storage have the expertise to move your family across town or even around the world. So when it's time to move, think Bailey's Moving and Storage. Call today at 801-218-2640 or check them out online at baileysallied.com. Nobody saw that. Nobody forecasted forecasted a three and seven start for the Golden State Warriors, including losing what their first eight row playoff row games. I mean, they couldn't win on the road to save their lives. Um, it was it was rough, including that 0-5 road trip where they lost to Charlotte, where they had a four-point lead with a minute left. They lose to Detroit, they lose to Orlando, uh, they lose to Miami, where they scored two points in the last 503 that game. And, of course, the final game of that road trip where they basically pulled all the starters um, and didn't play them against New Orleans. So, you know, the start to the season was rocky, 3-7. Three, three and seven. Uh, But then they rectified the ship. And, you know, some some people will say, well, it had to do with the James Wiseman DMPs or sending them to the G League or the lack of playing time for the youngsters. There is a validity to that, no doubt about that. We'll get to that. But the turnaround started with tightening up the rotations that Steve Kerr did, putting Jermichael Green at the small ball five for the second unit, and the starters tightened up. Now, one thing has been for certain for this team is they went at home. 
and it started in the postseason a season ago where everybody's everybody basically said, well, can they win at Chase Center? Would it be a home court advantage for them after playing all those memorable years at Oracle Arena in Oakland? Well, I think we found the answer to that, right? We found out the answer was, yes, they can win at home. And they went 11 to one in the postseason. Uh, and, and the one low loss, loss was that catastrophic loss in game one of the NBA finals. Then you start this season, they're 11 to one at home. They've won 10 straight home games. So that has basically stabilized their year. And they're just playing better basketball. Uh, they're shooting the ball a lot better. Clay Thompson has been more selective with his shots. Um, he's not shot hunting. He's actually passing the ball around as they look to get a good shot to great shot to a better shot. So um, they've been a lot better 10-4 in their last 14 games. And it's been a combination of a lot of things. Like I mentioned, the rotations being stabilized. Uh, Steph Curry being an MVP candidate, playing like an MVP candidate in his 14th season. And no drop off from Andrew Wiggins. And Clay's gotten a lot better. So uh, it's been a rocky road to start the season. But I think they're starting to play like the Warriors of old. What is the deal with that road record? They started winless and then now, as of late, what, just two road wins so far? What has been the difference? you know, they've gotten out the leads on every single one of these road games. Miami, they were up, and the second unit came in, blew a lead. Um, Orlando, they were leading by 15 in the third quarter. <laughs> Midway through the third quarter, blew a lead. Orlando gets all the momentum. All of a sudden, they start playing like veterans down the stretch. Jalen Suggs had a couple big steals down the stretch. Paulo Bay Carroll made big boy plays, and the Warriors smoked layups. They turned the ball over. It was just awful. Um, it, it was I, I, it's hard to put a finger on it. Some of the youngsters didn't sustain the lead. And Steve Kerr fixed his rotation because instead of playing Moody and Kaminga and Wiseman all at the same time or it, with Dante DiVincenzo, he mixed it up. And I think one of the biggest keys to the season so far is having Draymond Green play with that second unit at the start of the second quarter, which gets J- Jordan Poole off the ball. And it lets Jordan Poole focus on scoring instead of scoring and facilitating. A little too much on his plate, even though he got the new flashy, uh, the new massive contract, right? Uh, four years, $123 million guaranteed. So shortening up the rotations, not playing some of the youngsters and making them earn their minutes. And it's just weird, right? You can say, hey, everybody gives the Warriors their best shot on the road, right? They're defending chats. And for a team like Detroit, for a team like Orlando, for a team like Houston, that's their finals game, right? That's the game everybody's going to come to to go see the champs. But with that said, they played sloppy on the road. They haven't been buttoned up on defense. Uh, a lot of dribble drive penetration. Young athletic teams have given the Warriors issues as they get a little older with their core group. So more ball pressure, that hasn't been there this year. You could say, well, Gary Payton the second was the guy who gave you all the ball pressure, right? They've yet to find that guy outside of Andrew Wiggins. Maybe it could be Jonathan Kuminga. So they just got to tighten things up on the road, man, because they get out the monster leads. I mean, the starters had the best net rating in the NBA. So getting a lead, starting off fast hasn't been a problem. It's sustaining that level of play after the first quarter on the road that's, that has really done them in. When Steph's been at this MVP level this year, yeah. it's been outrageous. His on-offs are, are tremendous. Is he setting himself for another chapter of trying to keep him in that MVP discussion with the the likes of Tatum who are trying to take his bread? Right. You know, I I think Steph just enjoys playing the game so much that in year 14, he always looks for motivation, right? Uh, last year was, well, can he lead a team to a championship without Kevin Durant? Which are questions we never asked Larry Bird. We never asked Magic Johnson. I mean, Larry Bird played with three other Hall of Famers and Dennis Johnson, Kevin McHale, and uh, Robert Parrish. 
Magic Johnson played with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who many consider maybe the best basketball player ever. Outside of Michael Jordan and Will Chamberlain. Uh, and not to mention Michael Cooper on one side, Byron Scott on the other side. Big Nick game James. Big game James worthy. I mean, we never ask those questions, but Steph Hughes had his motivation. And it's year 14. And this guy's conditioning and endurance is at an all-time high. And I think he just wants to continue to play at a high level and say, you know what? This championship window is open. I want to hang more banners. And now you look at all the stats. You throw him in there with LeBron James and Michael Jordan. Stephen Curry name is right there. It's really incredible. So he finds little ways to motivate himself. You know, can he do it again? Can he maintain his level of play? Last year was a down year for Stephen Curry from the three-point line in the regular season. I believe, uh, I want to say 38% from the three-point line last season, where he started off with a bang this year, shooting 44% from the three-point line. So from his standpoint, Shooting under 40% from the three-point line is just not acceptable. So he's cleaned that up. He's finishing more at the rim. He's finishing stronger. I mean, he can do no wrong right now. He's had 14 30-point games last time I checked, maybe 15 after the Rockets game on Saturday. So um, Steph Curry's just playing at an all-time level. And he fight the great ones always find a way to motivate themselves, right? Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. LeBron James, they always find these little things to motivate them. I think Steph Curry found that out, and he's just playing at an all-time high level, and he's trying to bring the youngsters along with them. So uh, you never take it for granted what he does on a nightly basis. It never gets old. Like Andrew Wiggins hit eight threes the other night on Saturday against the Rockets, and the little footnote is, well, Steph Curry also did it as well. (laughs) Becoming a pair of teammates to make eight threes in a game. So it's just wild what he's doing right now. That's what was so funny about last year. Grading on the Steph Curry curve, he had a terrible shooting year. Oh my goodness, 39%. Come on, for any regular NBA player, that is a career best year. His level of of doing every single season has been unreal to watch. Mm -hmm. No, it it really is. I mean, think about that, 39%. A lot of guys are clamoring to shoot 39%. I mean, Russell Westbrook's trying to crack the 30s, right? Patrick Beverly right now is shooting like 25% from the three-point line. He can't get anything going. So to see him continue to maintain that level of excellence, it's just we're never going to see anything like him. We're never going to see anything like him. Like he had a double-double Saturday night, 30 points, 10 assists. I mean, he's got seven double-doubles, three in the last four games. This guy's 6'3". <laughs> he's 6'3", and he's crashing the glass left to right. So, I mean, what he's doing, um, and, and I want to bring up the stat. Okay, here it is right here. Uh, Wiggins and Curry, uh, for the third time in league history, that the team had multiple players hit eight or more threes in a game. Andrew Wiggins, Stephen Curry, of course. Donovan Mitchell and Kevin Love did it earlier this season. Then you had Zach Levine and Kobe White doing it in 2021. So, all these little notes, like when Curry, uh, Clay Thompson went off for 41 points against Houston. <clears throat> and into 10 threes. Well, Steph Curry had 33 points and 15 assists that night with no turnovers. I mean, it's ridiculous. What is his connection to the Bay? How has San Francisco, Oakland, the entire area taken uh, to him? I mean, number one, Steph Curry eats for free in this market, right? He goes into a restaurant, everybody's picking up the tab. They're fighting to pick up the tab. Right, they're fighting. They're fighting to buy that bottle of wine for him, whether it's red or white. Right? He is. I thought Joe Montana would never get eclipsed in terms of popularity and likability, but Steph Curry has exceeded that. He surpassed Joe Montana. It's Stephen Curry, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, and then whoever else you want to put at that Mount Rushmore, Rushmore, whether it's Barry Bonds, Ricky Henderson, Reggie Jackson, 
Kids Day where Al Davis, Bill Walsh, I, I you, Steph Curry is numero uno, uh, especially in the social media era. And you talk about the humility that he displays on a night in and night out basis. What you see on television, what you see on the internet, it's what you see in person. This guy remembers everybody's names. Uh, he speaks. He's polite. You can't have a better leader in sports. Kenny Atkinson joined us after the postgame show. And he basically said, you know, I knew he was a good guy, but coaching him over the last year and a half, I've never seen anything like it. And he's coached guys like T-Mac and Carmelo Anthony and, of course, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. He's never seen anything like this. And that's the connection that he has with the Bay. He will forever be a Bay Area native in our hearts. He could move back to Charlotte, North Carolina if he wants after his career. He could move to Toronto. He could move anywhere. Mexico, it doesn't even matter. The Bay will always be home. He will always be our guy. He will always be that dude. And a couple of years ago, it kind of dawned on me when he got hurt during KD's last year, 2019. And he was coming back later in that month. It was like December. He missed a few weeks. Came back in December. And I remember walking around the neighborhood. People had their Warriors gear on. They're like, yo, man, Steph's back tonight. Steph's back tonight. I'm thinking, that's just a regular season game against the Memphis Grizzlies, right? It's just a random game. And then it dawned on me like, oh, wait. This guy's a godlike figure here. He's an icon. <laughs> and so when you think Messi and Argentina, you think Ronaldo in Portugal, you think about Michael Jordan, you think about Jerry Rice and Joe Montana, Steph Curry's. Steph Curry is in that stratosphere. He is, he can do no wrong out here, man. We will defend Steph Curry to the day we die. Can he play quarterback for the Niners? Oh, man, if he could, he'd be on that field. <laughs> he'd be on that field. <laughs> they need him. They definitely man, need him. We need somebody. <laughs> Let me tell you about First Colony Mortgage. They've been serving the lending needs of Utah for more than 35 years. As a mortgage banker, First Colony Mortgage offers advantages over other lenders. Not only do they process mortgages, they also underwrite, fund, and close mortgage loans all in-house. Their expert team is ready to help you with your home financing needs. Just check them out. First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz. picks the gold bear deal was so smart for them i actually think they won the deal all those first round picks pick swaps was it four first round picks four now nah, that that's a huge haul for the utah jazz who were going nowhere with donovan mitchell and rudy gobert and you look at the fit with rudy gobert in minnesota you guys get back malik beasley jared vanderbilt all right and you cut patrick beverly job well done danny age job well done i think so i think the utah jazz are in good heads Draymond's uptick on the offensive end. He's shown something over the last couple of stretches that has coincided with them turning the record in the right direction. What have you seen from Draymond? I mean, it, it, it's been unbelievable, right? I, I, I dug this up on stat views last week, and this is before he scored a season high 19 against Minnesota last Sunday. Um, he's had double figures uh, left and right here as I pull up his game log. He's become more aggressive. And I think game six against Memphis, Steve Kerr had a Riley cry saying, we need Draymond to be aggressive offensively. And in that game, uh, game clinching, uh, uh, game six, when it clinched the uh, Western Conference Finals berth, he put up 14 shots. 
14 shots. It was like Draymond Green before Kevin Durant arrived. And so to see him become more aggressive, to drive to the rack, to push the pace, to not pass up open shots, that's Draymond Green that they need this season. He's shooting 58.5% from the floor. He's shooting 33% from the three-point line. But now his averages, he's getting close to nine points a game. And so I pulled this up on stat news, JP, and this guy, <laughs> when he scores at least 10 points a game, the Warriors win 80% of the time. This is no small sample size. Over the course of his career, when he scores 10 points a game, they win 80% of the time. When he scores when he scores at least eight, they win 76% of the time. That's insane. That's insane. And the record is like 240-something to 51, you know, when he scores at least eight. That is insane. That is absurd to me. So when he's aggressive offensively, this team is nearly unbeatable because why? All of a sudden, you can't cheat off of Draymond Green. All of a sudden, you have to defend him. You have to honor him on the offensive end. And all of a sudden, he's pushing the rock. And if you have to honor him, that means there's more space for Clay Thompson to shoot. That's more space for Steph Curry to run off the screens. That's more space for Andrew Wiggins to go one-on-one and start cooking guys. That's more space for Jordan Poole to start playing one-on-one basketball. So it opens up everything when he at least scores eight to ten points per game. And when he's finishing at the rim and he's hitting the three, this team is unbeatable, and then he's pushing the pace like he's Magic Johnson. So what he does offensively, because we all know what he can do defensively, switching one through five, the communication, the captain on the defensive end. But when he's cooking offensively and he's getting to the rack and he's scoring at least eight to ten points, the Warriors are a hard team to beat. And even when he's not scoring, the decision-making passing, yeah. supercomputer, he knows yep. he knows the exact right pass to do at every single moment. No doubt, no doubt. I mean, he, he's dropping dimes, the dribble handoffs, the horns. You, you name any offensive set, he's right there. He's barking, and he's engaged now because why? We know what happened in training camp, but also he's got money on the line. He can pick up that player option for $27 million, but he's looking for a max deal. He's looking for an extension. So now it's time to go ball out. And you know, I love me a player in a contract here. You're going to get their best <laughs> efforts. We just saw that in baseball with Aaron Judge. Oh, you don't want to pay me? Watch this. I'm going to hit 62 jacks this year. Now I'm going to get my $350 million. So uh, he's got motivation. And he said that uh, earlier in preseason, said, I'm motivated now to like get my money. I want to be here, but it is what it is. So uh, he's playing at an all-time level. And they need his leadership. He just had... Four of his last five games, JP, he scored double figures. All right? So four of the last five games, he scored double figures. 13, 19, 12, 13. It may not seem a lot to their average NBA fan, but for this Warriors team where you got Steph dropping 30, Wiggins dropping 18, 19, and Clay dropping 17, and JP uh, Jordan Poole scoring 16, that's a lot. That's big for the Warriors. That's almost bonus money right there. So uh, he's playing big-time basketball right now. So who – are you wary of in the West? Because it seems so stacked talent-wise. Everybody's at the same tiers. But as right. far as teams that the Warriors are looking towards that maybe they can contend with us in the West, who is it? Well, it's obviously the Phoenix Suns, right? They look motivated mm -hmm. after last year's embarrassment in the second round to the Dallas Mavericks. We all know what happened in game seven with them getting blown out uh, down 30 at the half at home. That was a joke. Uh, they're looking to redeem themselves. They have a lot of long athletic defenders. DeAndre Ayton is a walking double-double. Chris Paul, I do worry about for them because he does wear down at the end of the season. And he, like, this time off for him is so beneficial. They're doing it without him. That's what's so impressive. And I actually think at this point they may play better without him because Devin yeah. Booker now has the ball in his hands and he's become a better player. Devin Booker's playing some of the best basketball in the league right now. If there's a shirtless MVP candidates, Devin Booker needs to be on that list. So the Phoenix Suns, um, 
The Denver Nuggets, I'm unsure of. I don't think they can play defense the way the Warriors can in the postseason. Ball pressure, dribble penetration. They do have studs. Uh, Nikola Jokic is a hell of a player. Can Michael Porter Jr. stay healthy and be consistent on the offensive end? I don't know about that. But to me, it's Phoenix and it's the Clippers if the Clippers can get healthy. Now, there is concerns about Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, John Wall. You have to start to play together. You have to gel at some point and put some games together, at least 20 games together. You can't just run out there. Like, the Clippers have won nothing, all right? Clippers have won nothing. So to expect them to just roll out this start lineup in the playoffs and say, hey, go win us a championship for the first time in franchise history, it's not going to fly like that. But if they are healthy and I see them gel, and just give me 20 games together. You give me 20 games together, then I say, okay, the Clippers are a deep team. They have size. They're physical. They play at their own pace. That's the team to worry about. But to be honest with you, outside of Phoenix and the Clippers, I don't really fear anybody for this Warriors team because they've done it before. Like, I, I said something earlier this season saying that they could be the sixth seed, right? They could be the sixth seed in the Western Conference and still win a championship. They've won a road game in 27 straight playoff series. Think about what they did in Boston. They won games four and game six in Boston. They won a championship in Cleveland in 2015. They won it again in Cleveland in 2018. They won a game seven in Houston in 2018. This team won two road games in that uh, finals against the Toronto Raptors. All right. They could win a game at Oracle. <laughs> Go figure, right? Uh, so this team is battle-tested. And all they have to do is still one game on the road, come to Chase Center, and take care of home court. It's a tough place to play in the playoffs. So um, I, I think this team, if they it, now look, there's a lot of work to be done. They got to get better with ball pressure. They have to get, get better defensively. They have to get better with the consistency. And they may need one more veteran piece if these youngsters don't pan out. Jonathan Kamiga, Moses Moody, and James Wiseman. So if they can get another piece and they're healthy, I think the Warriors will be just fine in the postseason and we can see a return to the NBA Finals. He is Bonte Hill on Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. Bonte, thank you so much for taking the time. Anytime, man. Good talking to you, JP.